Hey everybody, welcome to Unalom, the career exploration podcast, where we have set out to explore the daunting yet exciting world of careers. Join us as we speak to professionals from all over the world. Sugar and spice and everything nice is what describes Ms. Utishta Kumar and her decadent cakes. From being a full-time architect, she switched to being a professional patissier. Craving an outlet for her creativity, she turned into baking and did her diploma from the Lavon Academy of Baking Science and Pastry Arts. She went on to work at the Oberoi Bangalore for a few months where she came into her own as a baker. Uh, so could you tell us a little about yourself and the work that you do? Okay, so uh, I'm Utishta Kumar and I currently um, run a cake studio in which I mainly do um, wedding cakes, bridal shower cakes, basically all sorts of custom cakes. Um, recently, due to the current situation, I've ventured into doing something um, a little more easy to sell. Uh, so I started to sell cake slices and cupcakes and stuff that's easy to transport. Yeah, uh, I used to be an architect. Um, so I studied here in Ramaya and Bangalore. Uh, I did a five-year course in architecture, after which mm-hmm. I practiced as an architect in a firm here in Bangalore called Praxis for about one and a half to two years. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it's during that period that I realized that I think uh, my calling was something else. And um, that's when I decided to, you know, try my hand at pastry and it worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, so, so how did the shift from uh, architecture to baking come about? So I think the thing is, I've always sort of known that I like the arts and I like um, doing something creative. I've always um, wanted to do something with my hands which was why when I decided to, when I had the option of choosing my career path, architecture seemed really appealing at that time because it seemed like a perfect balance of art and science, you know. Um, There was the scientific, really practical aspect to it and there was also a creative aspect to it. Hmm. Uh, And at that time, which was what, about almost 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, that seemed like the only option for me, you know. Um, It felt like, that was the right thing to do. That was what would give me a stable job. But, and while I did enjoy the course and once I, um, you know, started working as an architect, I liked that as well. And to be very honest, I was good at my job, but that's all I was. I was good. I was, I was average at it, you know. I somewhere um, in that one and a half years realized I probably am not going to excel at this because I don't really feel that passionately about it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at this time is when I started baking at home as sort of as a release for the, um, you know, uh, hectic nature of my work. Because being an architect is really strenuous work. It was 12, 13 hours a day, six days yeah, a week. Yeah. And yeah, it was extremely stressful. So baking sort of was a um, release and a getaway for me. And I started making from, you know, for my friends and stuff like that. And then I think the first people I started selling to were my mom's friends and her colleagues. You know, and it was just this really basic stuff, things that there was, there was nothing at that time. Instagram had just about, you know, um, Mm -hmm. started to surface, I think in 2014 or so. So there wasn't really anything that was eye candy out there for me to copy or look at. So it was just looking at Betty Crocker books and stuff like that, that I started doing it. 
And um, I realized there was a demand for it in the sense that people wanted something different. They didn't want um, maybe say what you get in a conventional bakery, but they also maybe were not ready to spend, um, you know, at that time, I think there were hardly any really big pastry stores. The most you do is yeah. get a sweet chariot or a Nilgiri's cake. And um, so I decided to quit my job and I joined this course at Lavon here in Bangalore. There's a diploma there that is a five-month diploma in pastry. And I said, let me get, you know, try, take mm-hmm. a shot at it and see how it goes. So I gave myself about a year. The course was five months. Um, I gave myself about a year to see how it pans out and, you know, um, give it a go. And I did the whole course at Lavon, after which I, um, it was great. It was learning the technical aspects of it, the knowledge of it. It was an amazing course. It was what set the ground for what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. You know? that, that's really nice yeah I mean even I've like seen a lot of Lavon courses I've actually done a few of their online stuff that they've been having oh that's great yeah yeah tell us why you chose to bake from home instead of opening like a bakery or a hotel so as soon as I graduated from Lavon about two months later I joined the Oberoi as an intern the Oberoi here in Bangalore yeah oh, I interned nice. there for about yeah I interned there for about three months And I think that's, again, where I learned the most, because that's where I realized how physical this work is. Um, It is not easy, you know, sitting behind a computer for 13 hours and standing on your feet for 13 hours are very different things. I, that was a tough lesson that I learned at the Oberoi, but it's, it was Mm. invaluable because those three months um, and the people in the kitchen were really patient. It was amazing. I really hats off to them because you have a whole bunch of, you have like three, four people around there who've never been in a kitchen, who've been sitting behind computers suddenly thrown into this space. And they really did, um, you know, make room for us and the mistakes we were making and the stuff that we were learning. But through that period, I realized mass production is not for me. I realized that uh, while initially when I started out um you know when I joined this course I my vision was to open a cafe was to open a bakery you know I'll have bread Mm -hmm. and I'll have all of that stuff but somehow along the way I think I got really drawn to the finesse and the artistry behind cake design and um I realized I loved the uh, you know the idea of creating an individual unique product as opposed to Mm -hmm. creating something that was um on a mask yeah exactly and the numbers game is a whole different game you know uh you're when you're working you know especially in a hotel or in a restaurant like that you're expected on a daily to push out this much there is um mm-hmm. you know that, that's how it works and i also yeah. realized uh during my stint at the Oberoi that uh i don't know how long i'd be able to keep this going how long i'd be able to you know, do 13 hour work days standing and, um, you know, what, what was my game? What was the end game? Am I going to work in a hotel forever? Do I want to be, you know, uh, um, the head pastry chef? Was that what I was looking at? And then that's when I realized mm-hmm. that wasn't where my aim was. That was not where I was looking to head towards. And uh, if you want to start your own cafe or restaurant, it requires a large amount of investment, which was not something I had ready available to me 
because I had just worked as one and a half years as an architect, right? It's not like I had, you know, a yeah, yeah. whole amount of wealth to invest in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I said, okay, you know what? Let me try baking from home, doing custom cakes. And again, it was still just Instagram. That's how I started. In 2017, 2016, I quit my job. I started, I did the course at Lavon. 2017, start of the year, I was at Oberoi. For a good six mm-hmm. months, I sat at home, not sure exactly how this is going to work, um, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Should I just get a job at a restaurant? Should I go back to my job as an architect? And I said, okay, that was when Instagram was gaining popularity. And I said, let me try putting out a page. Let me like uh, start a baking page, see what kind of response I get. Are people interested in ordering cakes like this, that look like this, that, you know, probably are a little more expensive than something you'd normally order. Yeah. And... I think I so I started this in 2017 September. Oh, uh, I started my Instagram page, and mm-hmm. I was getting about um, an order every two weeks, three weeks. Oh, nice! Which was not much at all. Uh, you know, it was because it was it's and through the rest of the time you have to keep yourself motivated, right? So that's when I was experimenting and trying new techniques and stuff like that, and trying to you know just put out things on Instagram that I was making. Mm-hmm. Again, it was just friends and family. And um, so again, like I said, I had given myself a year. So it was coming towards December. And I said, okay, you know what? Let me see. I'd still got a couple of more months, which is when the Instagram page really took off suddenly. And I, because I think uh, a lot of the right people saw it. A lot of the right people shared it. The power of social media is immense. The mm-hmm. just just word of mouth has baffled me. You know the way the, the reach that it has. Yeah. So slowly, that's how I, I sort of went along with it. There was no big plan in the beginning. I'll be very honest. It was um, just sort of me fumbling through because I didn't have anyone else to look to who had done this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is how I decided to start from the kitchen at home. And that's how it just it escalated from there. Oh, that's mm-hmm. really nice. I mean, yeah, it's actually it's... very inspiring. I mean, you just went for it and you didn't really think of it too much. And now you're <laughs> yeah, doing so okay. well. Uh, so, so can you tell me how you really built your brand from the scratch? Because I mean, even you were really new to this and I think even yeah. social media was just catching up that time. So how yeah. did you use that and how did you build your brand from the scratch? So I think uh, I, again, like I said, it's, the, it's, it's just about reaching the right crowd and tapping into the right, you know, source of what, who your clientele is. You have to sort of figure out, are you looking to do niche products? And if yes, you aim at that niche clientele. If you're looking to do something a little bigger, a little more mass produced, you you market it in that way. You know, so I, from the very beginning, did not give discounts. I did not cut down my rates. I, um, I waited for the right cakes to come along. I waited for, again, I had the luxury of doing this, honestly, because I was, you know, I was staying at home with my parents. I didn't have any other huge responsibility. So that's a huge reason of why it succeeded. Um, Because uh, through the social media, I met a couple of photographers who were really enthusiastic about my product Mm -hmm. and wanted to shoot themselves, you know, shoot the products themselves. And they, um, they were new as well. 
to the photography game. So we sort of did a thing where in which I'd make some cakes and they'd take photos and we'd put it up oh, on Instagram. Nice. And it, yeah, so that's how I work in particular with this girl, Deepika. And uh, so she works at Chai Point and she was doing this on the side just for fun because she was learning photography as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shot a few great images and that really reached a lot of people. You know, and as and when, you know, the my skill developed because I was doing more cakes, um, I sort of managed to build this whole, like you said, how did you build the brand? It sort of was just an extension of my personality, I feel, because it was just, I didn't do the usual stuff that I saw out there. Um, I tried to keep it mm-hmm. exclusive because I felt that was the only thing that was making me stand apart from slowly the thousands and thousands of home bakers that were erupting all over Bangalore. You know, um, yeah. within about a year of me starting this, I think every apartment complex has a home, home baker now. So I was like, how? And somewhere along the line, I realized I don't want to be a home baker. Neither did I want to be a cake shop. So it was sort of trying to find my footing around there as to what exactly is it that I do. And that's when I realized, okay, you know what? It's a, it's, it's, I'm designing cakes. That's what I'm doing because you're customizing something that's really exclusive for people. Mm-hmm. So I stuck to that. I didn't, I didn't really venture into trying to bake bread. I didn't venture into doing other stuff. I kept at, kept honing my skill. I kept um, in line with my aesthetic, which was a more soft, uh, you know, you'll see a million pink cakes on my page. And um, Your page yeah, I still get it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we were literally like going through each and every post and it was really... <laughs> yeah, your page really blew our mind, I have to tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I think I realized the power of a great image. If you look at my photos initially, if you scroll to the bottom, they were very average photos, which got average attention. And as I started putting more effort into the way I styled my images, the way, um, you know, what I wanted to put out there. Okay, if my cakes are going to be elegant, if my cakes are going to be clean and neat, so do my images have to be like that, you know? Even I have to be like that. Everything about it has to be like that. If it's fun and exciting, you know, everything about my page, about my brand, everything has to be like that, fun and exciting, you know? So I think it's playing to your strengths. It's finding what you're good at, innately good at. Everyone's innately good at something. Uh, Also, could you uh, tell us, do you need any license or legal permission to sell from home? Yes, you do. So currently, uh, during the pandemic, actually, there was a huge um, newspaper article and it all became a big deal because a lot of people started selling food from home. I'm not sure whether you all remember at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people we knew to started selling yeah, food from home. Exactly. Not just mm-hmm. cakes, but just food in general, people started selling out of home. Which yeah. was when the government released a statement saying that they require all home cooks to have an FSSAI license, which is what you see on any packet of food that you buy, be it a chips packet, be it a packet of maida, you will see that number there. There is a registration number. It's a food license, basically. Mm-hmm. That license you, licenses you to, um, you know, uh, produce food, a food item, okay? And now there are various mm-hmm. categories under this. It's not a huge cost, okay? It's a nominal cost. I think for three years, again, again, nominal is um, comparative. It depends from person to person. 
for about three years now, I think the you can do it for a year, two years, three years, five years. You can get the license for the license for three years is about eight thousand rupees. Okay. And um, they have they have a website that's very accessible, so you can get on there. You can log in, put in all your details, and it's very easy. You can do this online, and you can you can you know get that license online itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. And mm. another thing you require is if you're producing it at a slightly larger scale, is you require a shops and establishment, you know, license that you're an established, that you're an establishment, you know, and how many people mm. you have working under you and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Again, that's a nominal rate. It's below thousand bucks for that license. But these are just it's there. There are a couple of legal formalities that are required when you are functioning as a business. Um. you know and not just a side hustle and not something you're doing for fun you mm-hmm. do require these things there are a certain number of things that you will require and as per your production rate as per your income and whatever is coming in there are different licenses required as your production rate goes up as your revenue increases there are more licenses that you will require which are again the information is very easily accessible you know oh, okay okay yeah Yeah, I I wanted to know a little about like you know a return on investments because like you know there's lots of like baking equipment required and like the raw materials and everything. So like, what's your uh, you know business model or like return on investment? And um... so my initial investment since I started from home was just the course that I did. Okay. Apart from that, it was buying a small home oven, a you know a hand beater, which are all nominal costs for someone who's starting this out just as a side hustle. And mm-hmm. um, so for that, it wasn't a huge thing initially. It took me very long to figure out what to price a cake at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how to do the costing of a cake. What do I charge mm-hmm. for? Because you know it's very easy to you can scale and you can charge and you can calculate how much to charge for a normal cake but to ch- decide what to price your skill at is not very easy yeah you know it's that's something that took me a while to figure out and find my balance to you know to make a good amount of profit it did my business while i started it in 2017 only took off in 2019 and started making a significant um you know profit 2019 mm. at the beginning of the year is when in jan is when i saw all my investments come back to me when i saw you know um everything sort of balance out and i actually made a profit you know mm-hmm. so um it did take me a while and again keeping in mind this is when my investment was very small i bought a home oven all all the equipment was home equipment so it didn't take much and because now i'm again still when my functioning is at a very small scale you know i charge a premium for the design that i'm putting out there i charge a premium for um you know the customization you're getting and i'm still a one woman team it's just me yeah so the social media whatever posters that i make whatever whether the client is reaching out to me coordinating deliveries it's all me okay so um which is not a realistic model if you are going to do this even in a slightly larger scale mm. you know say yeah. i wanted to as uh, uh, as well as my custom cakes i wanted to sell you know brownies and these cake slices on a daily mm. i wouldn't be able to do this all by myself you'd need to hire someone else and as soon as you hire someone else again you have to think about you know um, overheads then yeah. i'm currently still working out of home i'm working out of my garage 
Um, yeah, so I set up a small studio in my garage, which I did only last year. After heavy pushing from everyone else around yeah. me, me saying, "Oh no, no, I'm too too comfortable over here." <laughs> it it isn't the easiest, okay? Honestly, it um, everyone doesn't. Uh, it's not something that's a sure shot thing, but there are ways to make it. so you know if you get an investor if you have a concrete plan if i look back and i think back of how i would do this if i had all the information i have now back then i probably would have followed a different path you know um while i'm grateful for the route it took and you know i'm i'm currently where i am i probably if i had i would have made more informed choices hmm uh, so can you tell us a little about your creative process and your inspiration uh, like we know that you create your own recipe उटेक्चरबाउं because a lot of them put a huge amount of trust in me especially when it's a wedding cake and when it's stuff like that i've had people who just say you know here's the color theme and you do as you please um that puts a lot of pressure on you because it's someone's wedding uh, but it also gives you free reign to create something that's really different and nice and um i think i have sort of recognized what my aesthetic is i know i like clean straight lines I know that um you know while I love floral um stuff I'll never go overboard very rarely do you see something on my page that's extra decked up and it's got a lot happening mm-hmm. on it yeah because that's just my sense of style and it doesn't fit everyone and I think another thing you have to realize um and really stick to is that you're not going to be for everyone mm. everyone is not going to um like exactly what you do and you can't shrink yourself to fit in those places yeah. you know you can't um so you find a clientele you find the people and people do find you because everyone is there different people out there who are looking for different things and um you know eventually when you stick to what you're good at and you hone that skill it it definitely will translate a lot of um the cakes that i make it's you know you look at paintings you look at a lot of kids cakes come from their favorite toys mm-hmm. from their favorite colors and you know you you take that and you run with it from there a lot of the bridal um wedding cakes are based on their decor based on their clothes you know um an really important question to ask for wedding cakes is what the bride and groom are wearing because you want to make sure that the cake looks good good next to them but also doesn't take away from them because at the end of the day <laughs> they are the most important on yeah. that day yeah so there are a lot of nuances about it and um it's required a whole uh, an array of skills because you know as when you're running a business it's not just one thing that you're looking at you're looking at 101 different things you have to be a, even if you're not a people's person when you're running a business you have to be a people's person you know um in that time in that time frame when you're dealing with people you have to be a little sensitive towards their needs being mm-hmm. um so being in the service industry that's what it is right you cater to yeah. um, other people's needs so while you are doing that you still have to keep a close eye on what you are doing you that you don't drain out that um you don't run out of juice which does happen 
Um, there have been times where I've just completely uh, ran out of all creative capacity. And as soon as I get tired of, you know, being in the kitchen and making cake, I know I need a break. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. you do sort of have to adapt to the situation because right now, like just, just a month ago, I was in a place where I was not sure what exactly is going to happen. Nobody's ordering wedding cakes. Nobody's ordering custom cakes. You can't come. People can't come and pick up cakes, right? So mm-hmm. there was a good week of panic, just panic as to how I'm going to stay relevant mm-hmm. because, okay, sure, you don't have heavy overheads, but in this day and age of when trends just go and come like nobody's business, it's really mm-hmm. important to um, manage to, you know, uh, capture your audience's interest. So, which is when I decided to do this whole cake slice thing, which got a lot of people who've never been able to taste my cakes because, you know, it's a whole different ballgame ordering a 4,000 rupee cake and ordering like one slice of cake, which costs 300 bucks, you know, and that 300 rupee piece of cake, if they really like it will translate to a 5,000 rupee order. Uh, and finally, could you tell us what uh, the best piece of advice you've received in your career and a piece of advice you'd give to budding bakers? Um, I had a great support system through this all. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, something that a lot of my family and friends told me was just give it some time, you know, give, have a little patience and have a little faith in your own creativity and your own process. If you really do know you're good at something, chances are it is going to work out for you. It's not going to magically work out for you, but when you put in the work, it always you always see returns. That's something I've realized with without mm-hmm. a doubt. When I started this, everyone said you've spent seven years being an architect. Okay, so like, how do you decide to go from making buildings to doing cakes? How much money can you make making a cake? Um, hmm. So all those people have kept quiet now, but the thing is, so you, you, the whole idea of believe in yourself really is true. You do have to sort of have that faith. You have to be your biggest cheerleader, even when no one else is cheering. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to really enjoy food for me. I think for me, that's something I tell people, you have to really enjoy food and really like creating things. I think just that. Um, will push you through, uh, you know, figuring out what you want to do and then find the right people to back you. If finances is not your thing, get someone to take care of that. Don't be a mm-hmm. you know, superhero and try to do everything yourself. You don't have to have all the skills possible. You know, it's, it's very possible to have one skill, have, you know, be able to bake and create something great and find someone else to supplement the rest. Find an investor, find a space, whatever else it takes. And I think mm. that's that's one way that it will be successful for sure. Mm. Oh. I should write this down myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, but that really makes sense that, you know, the part when you said that give yourself time, I mean, that's something I found like, like first, like I took a gap year after 12. So like, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of time to experiment with like lots of different hobbies and stuff. Like I sometimes feel I'm all over the place, but like, mm-hmm. So, you know, I like the, the, the way I reassure myself is that you know I'm just trying out different things and seeing what. Yeah. So yeah, you know, but sometimes you know I feel kind of like you know, it's like I'm not committed to any path. I'm not like you know going deep down in anything. So like um, you know, sometimes I feel that, but at the other end, I'm like, no, no, I have to explore. But like, yeah, you know your options, right? So because unless yeah, unless you try, how will you know, right? Yeah, you, should, you shouldn't exactly. fail before trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 So that's why I think you know, the part when you said that give yourself time that just really struck. Yeah. Yeah. It it will because it definitely does pan out. It those those six months between the Oberoi and between me actually starting my Instagram page was just a a lot of me. being so unsure me trying to meditate to try and calm myself there was a lot that happened yeah you know there was a lot that went through it was not as pretty as it seems and yeah. like you only see the pretty cakes now there was a lot of not so pretty stuff that happened behind the scenes yeah <laughs> you know there were a lot of and there were a lot of fail cakes there were a lot of and as your production rate goes up the criticism also increases right yeah, when you're yeah, making yeah. two to three products everyone's going to say my god it's amazing but now when you're making like you know you're making 40 cakes a month you can't mm. there is going to be you're going to receive feedback that's not entirely positive and how are you yeah. going to take that how are you going to implement that you know you can take that constructive feedback and you can make you know make changes to your process but mm-hmm. also what you cannot do is beat yourself up over it you know because you what i have to mm-hmm. think about it like is that you know everybody has a bad day at work sometimes right so this was my bad day at work mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know, that's so really a positive attitude <laughs> yeah it's really <laughs> nice way to think yeah <laughs> it does because like i said when you're working alone especially it it is immensely lonely so another huge thing that happened this year was everyone always said oh my god what's there for you you work from home it's so easy is it now <laughs> now look at how easy it is to work from home dude aren't your pajamas calling you isn't your bed calling out to you it did it no yeah <laughs> No, that's there. I mean, but grass is always green you, on the other side, right? So exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you have to make it work, it will work out, you know. Um, uh, and again, it's not. It isn't just blind faith that you have to have. It's also the right resources, the right people, the right information. Like, keep yourself really mm-hmm. informed about what you need to do and what you need to have. And there's no way you won't succeed. So that's all for today's episode. Unalom is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Google Podcasts, YouTube and Spotify. So be sure to follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Until next time.